Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Dope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this uh, Saturday morning edition. For those of you I've talked to the last three or four shows on Sports Dope, I mentioned that um, it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show now around 11 p.m. Central Time. But with my new schedule, uh, medical career dealing with the coronavirus issues and all of that stuff, I had, um, I'm starting to do the program on the month, the, the morning afterwards of getting in long, stressful days, uh, getting in a little late, starting the prep work for the program at night, waking up really early in the morning and finishing it. But as I always say, this program is for the playback and not the, um, not really the live program at this time. You know, it's hard to balance a uh, 60-plus-hour work week uh, with a program like this and have a good quality program. I need three and a half, four hours of prep time to do this and be good. I don't like to freestyle, wing, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I I was looking at this, uh, the generosity for everything that's come out of this coronavirus situation. And I don't think it gets recognized enough uh, for someone like myself who's had to do odd jobs all my life, uh, blue collar like restaurant jobs, security jobs, uh, the kind of jobs that have been laid off for these uh, NBA arenas, uh, working in restaurants, um, people that work with crowd control, security at these arenas and everything. And that money adds up. I've been one of those people. I started working at 14 years old when I really wasn't legally supposed to be working. The statute of limitations ran out, but I was just trying to get a job. Uh, Taking these lower-end jobs for money. My parents didn't have nothing growing up, and they were divorced. So uh, I understand what these people that work in these arenas are going through. And, you know, when you read about this stuff, whatever opinion you want to have on NFL owners, players, Drew Brees, donating $5 million to the state of Louisiana, uh, Coda, Kebab, I could probably butcher this lady's name from CBS, breaks down in tears the other day with him with his donation after the interview. Uh, stuff like this really not just – for organizations researching the uh, coronavirus and everything, but also helping people with those kind of jobs. I've been that person having to do those kind of jobs. Any kind of help I could get uh, if I was in this type of situation now. Me personally, I'm doing well. I'm doing okay uh, compared to some situations I've been in before where I've had to work these side jobs that these guys need. Uh I just want to take the time to thank them. Uh, For instance, there was a story on the NFL.com that I read a few minutes ago. It's been out for a few days that $35 million has been donated by the owners, uh, players association uh, across the league to provide, you know, uh, money for this coronavirus related fund, American Red Cross, the Bob Woodruff Foundation, uh, that deals with mental illness issues like that that come from this, uh, all this unemployment because of the coronavirus related things. 
uh, Steve Ballmer. Uh, the owner of the uh, Clippers donated $25 million out of his pocket uh, to, to go for research. And, um, you know, they don't have to do this. You, I mean, you can say, well, it's a tax write-off. People don't have to do this. It, it should be appreciated. And someone like me, I want to come out and say thank you for the people to do that. You know, if I had that kind of money to donate, I would. I believe in donate. I donate what I can, what with, with the salary I make, you know, for nonprofits and everything. Uh, like Zion Williamson, Rudy Gobert, uh, Gobert uh, part-time worker relief fund. Uh, you know, these are young guys, and I do think it's a big heart. I don't care if you want to say they're doing it for the wrong reason. Either way, the money gets there. That's a good thing. And I'm, I'm touched by it myself. And I'll say this, um, going back to Drew Brees, you know, I was always wondering why it, people around the league never scolded him for coming out publicly and say, yeah, I have an issue with you standing up, not with you taking a knee for the flag. I don't believe in it. And I will stand and put my hand on the chest for this flag. Uh, nobody really scolded him for that because I think the players around the league see Drew Brees as a sincere guy who's truly patriotic and a good person. Uh, he's done a lot of him and his wife's done a lot of good for the New Orleans community. And uh, uh, during the Katrina issues and all that, it, it's uh, the guy's been a huge blessing for that area. And, and, and other people around the country have taken notice, including me. Uh, I'm not a Saints fan or anything. Uh, Brees is, um, is a great player. And, uh, but he's a, he's a better person. You know, this guy is someone that, you know, from the time he's went there to, to, to now, he's always seeked to impress me even more. I could see him maybe running for president or something someday. So kudos to him and, and all the generosity from a sports show from, from the people who's poured their hearts out for, uh, help with this coronavirus issue. Uh, I know this is a sports show. You guys don't really probably want to hear all that crap, but I, I do want to talk about it, recognize. I think it shouldn't go unnoticed, uh, per se. Okay. Speaking of sports, okay, the NBA. The NBA, this has been talked about uh, for the past several weeks about when's the NBA going to come back? Uh, can we play in the middle of the summer? And a lot of people brought up the fact that maybe the finals will be played or the season could start back in July and maybe the maybe the, the finals start and, 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 and get into the finals in July and, and end around August. And uh, Charles Barkley was on the Colin Cowherd show on Thursday talking about this. And I want to say this. I'm going to play this soundbite here in a minute, everybody, that – I've been talking about this and thinking about this amongst my inner circle uh, for 20 years now. 20 years. I'm 38 years old. I'll be 39 in July. Uh, baseball, I watched baseball uh, when I was a kid. Uh, I really got into baseball, Sunday night baseball with ESPN and everything. But 
from the month of late late June in the month of July, or and it's my birthday at time. Growing up, it is the most boringest time of the year, and there's a big void. There, there's no there's no sense of urgency in sports for the month of July, and, and the month of July, uh, it, it, the old adage for the old uh, TV executives in sports, the the ownership of, of sport, major, major sports franchises, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, they all have this adage, this old mindset that everybody's on vacation in summer and, and they're never going to watch anything on TV. Uh, and, that, you know, that's just, I think it's a myth. Uh, and I think it, that has really changed with streaming. But let me play you this soundbite Charles Barkley, who does not have coronavirus, he had a bad cold and freaked out. He's on Colin Cowherd's show on Thursday. Made a good point. Listen up. Consider everything, Charles, that maybe going forward, this crisis creates a new normal, which is Christmas Day, or briefly before is the start, and they seize the mid to early summer months and end, let's say, August 3rd. And then, you know, then do the draft free agency and hand it over to football. What do you make of that idea? Charles Barkley. You know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I said that three years ago. Uh, we were talking about how we can improve the NBA. Uh, being on TV at the time, we had the strike. That's the highest rate we've ever had in NBA history. Yeah. We started, we started on Christmas. I've always been, listen, college football is the king of the world. Did you hear what he said? The highest rated game, Charles Barkley said, was when they started the season on Christmas Day in 2010. You start on Christmas Day. Stop trying to compete with the NFL. You cannot compete with the NFL. Hadn't you noticed, everybody, that Roger Cadell made it clear? They're going to have the NFL draft, whether you like it or not. The NFL is, they take the show must go on mentality to heart. They back up what they say they're going to do. If the NFL game says they're going to start noon central Sunday in September, it's going to start on New Central Sunday in September, not unless, you know, 9-11 happens. But then the next week on noon Central, uh, typical September to January, the NFL is going to start that game, okay, at 12 noon Central time. I've been saying this for years. I don't watch college basketball. I don't watch any of the NBA. Now, I do play uh, the fantasy daily fantasy during that time period of uh, November and de uh, December before Christmas in the NBA of um, to, to get a feel for that. But I, I don't really start to pay attention to the standings and, 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 and uh, who's really got a chance to win the championship probably till about Christmas. That's why those Christmas days are so crucial. You know, professional sports leagues 
have to capitalize on holidays and putting these big events on holidays. That's why Christmas is so highly rated. Stranger things. Yeah, I'm talking uh, the NBA should schedule. Uh, they should start on Christmas Day. I've been an advocate of that for over 20 years. Once baseball started to fall off, the world has sped up. And 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 baseball doesn't have a sense of urgency in the middle of July. I don't have them. Most people's parents don't have money to go on these big, long vacations. You know, that that's people are on vacation. Uh, they they can't they can't they're not going to be watching the NBA. No, that's not true. You know, uh, I went on one summer vacation that lasted more than a week in my whole life. I speak for the majority of the nation, guys and girls. Women, men, and women. Uh, Stranger Things. Anybody watch Stranger Things on Netflix? Anybody? Stranger Things premiered their uh, season three on July the 4th. 40 million people streamed that. The NBA needs to look into streaming more than what they do. And, 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 and sell commercials on there. In the future, that's only going to get better. Start the season in, in on Christmas and end it around uh, the final should be in the middle of July 4th. It is a garbage model. That's why Ice Cube started the big three. He says, because summer's boring. That's his word. He said, summer's boring. And now, and now he has a contract with CBS. Why? Because people are watching it. These baseball games are okay, some of them. There's no sense of urgency. The team in first place in July may not win the World Series in October. So there's no relevance there. Uh, you've got Wimbledon just a few weeks from June and July. The uh, British Open is in late July. What do you have in between time? What do you have on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday in the uh, in the month of July? My birthday's in July, everybody. I love I love summer, but it's a thousand degrees outside. I don't have the money to go on long vacations. If the NBA finals and playoffs were on in July and August, I would watch it. If the NFL, you know what? The ratings, and I said this before, July and August are nothing months. They're playing NFL preseason games, and, and, and they're out doing Major League Baseball games. And those games don't even count, ratings-wise. In August, um, like I said, those preseason games, out doing uh, preseason. Florida and Miami played the last week of August, and nobody else played in college football last year. The ratings for that game were sky high because there's there's a void there. This is a rare opportunity. Yeah, look at the Christmas. Christmas to August, uh, that would be perfect. There's a rare opportunity. By the way, uh, 
like I said, that's that cheesy movie with uh, some people love it. Birdcage with Sandra Bullock that downloaded in that that streamed on um, that came out on Christmas Day. That that was a millions and that was a record stream uh, for for Netflix at the time last year, year before last on Christmas Day. That Birdcage or whatever. Uh, Bird Box, excuse me, movie. I never saw it. It's something that people, some people, you the love it or you hate it. But there, like I said, the 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 old the old heads in television executives, uh, owners of teams, have to realize this. And Adam Silver is a young progressive guy, uh, figuratively speaking. Uh, I don't like some of the stuff he does, but most of it I do. I mean, with, with embracing gambling, uh, fantasy sports, uh, wanting to put midseason tournaments in, he's wanting to be proactive. Now, baseball, stuck in the past. They're just now uh, talking about using a top flop, you know? I like that. And the NFL is open. I mean, NFL is going to go to 17 games in 2020. Excuse me. So, <clears throat> you've got Charles Barkley saying it. He's a big boy. Where do you want to uh, believe it or not? Charles Barkley is a big voice in the NBA. <clears throat> we got to get LeBron James on board for this. Uh, people like um, Colin Cowherd needs to keep pounding this home every day during this coronavirus crisis. Uh, because there's a lot of audience out there. There's a lot of big money people. You got to get Mark Cuban on board with something like this. The NFL, uh, I've always wanted to start it earlier, but if they wanted to push it to uh, President's Day or to the end of, uh, if they want to push the Super Bowl past Valentine's Day on the 14th of February, that would be fine with me. February, void month. There's nothing in February. Why do you think the XFL came out in February? Because the powers to be, the money people said, there's nobody watching nothing. <coughs> so that's the same thing for uh, July and August. We need more sports there, okay? It's, uh, like I said, Stranger Things on the 4th of July here in Nashville, Tennessee. It was 1,000 degrees that day. Uh, I worked my job a half a day. And I watched, uh, I got home about noon, and I stayed up to about 9 o'clock at night, and I binge-watched the entire season three of Stranger Things. And 40 million other people did the same thing. 40 million people don't even watch a regular NFC, uh, NFL game during the regular season. Uh, they do 20 million sometimes, 17, something like that. Now, Super Bowl's totally different. Hunter said that that's the biggest uh, TV event in all of television, but that's different. That's a different story there. But um, there's a rare opportunity. Take advantage of it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Okay, moving along here. Okay, uh, a lot of big, Free agency moves being made. Hold on, everybody. Let me change out my podcast. I have to change it out. 25, 30 minutes. I'll uh, start a new one. Okay. All right. Free agency. Jadavion Clowney. 
Uh, not Jadavia. Well, he's in there. I've got a list from the big league here. I want to give my man, uh, what's his name? Uh, McIntyre. Jason McIntyre started this really um, motivational site. Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, uh, two former number one overall picks. Winston coming off a career year, 30 tu 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Uh, Newton, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Good deal. Uh, thanks for particip uh, participating and feedback, brother. Okay. Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, uh, $64,000 question. I know the coronavirus things are um, the lack of travel, uh, physicals. All that stuff is crucial. Not really as much for Jameis as it is for Cam. And during this research, uh, who would be a good fit and where is uh, – I've discovered one thing. I've discovered another – Super Bowl sleeper uh, in the AFC I'm going to talk about. But first, Jameis Winston is, um, like I said, you know, the guy, when, when you got a guy like that, that has been uh, told he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, since he was probably 16, 17 years old, up until now, he's 26, right? Uh he needs some humble pie, you know? Um, so Winston is at a place and now that he uh, has got to concentrate more. He's got LASIK surgery in the offseason. Maybe that'll help him on his uh, help him on his vision and not, you know, uh, throw so many intercepts. Maybe he could sell that. That's what I'm getting at. And Guy's got the arm strength. He he he's got he's got the it he's got the talent. He is the better player. Remember that remember that argument at the beginning of the 2015 season, and, and of course that draft. Who's the better player? Is it Jameis or Marcus Mariota? Now Mariota, uh, some would say like Colin Cowan. I give him credit. He said he's the more mature player, uh, but he's not the he's more more talented than Winston. Uh, now he's already been signed to 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 the. Uh, to the Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. So, but Winston, on the other hand, is still available. Now, you know, he, he like I said, this guy's 26 years old. He's not going to get that. We've all come to that conclusion. We, we've all went through the 32 teams. He's not going to get a starting job as of right now. But I tell you what, looking really hard into everybody's um, – all the issues here with the um, with each team, and, and you know, I'm looking at Jacksonville. They've got Gardner Minshew, and they have um, Josh Dobbs. They've got about twenty something million in cap space. So, perfect opportunity. This is a team that nobody's been talking about, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are rebuilding, y'all. I mean, they they, they, they traded away. Jalen Ramsey, they traded away A.J. Boye. Uh, they've got 12 draft picks, two in the first, uh, three in the fourth round. they got a lot of draft capital here. You've got Leonard Fournette here. Uh, you have, um, obviously, D.J. Shark at receiver, D.D. Westbrook, 
You've got uh, Marquise Lee, which is actually a better receiver, probably the number one receiver still at this point. And Doug Marone's on the hot seat. Now, here's the big thing about Jacksonville, what nobody's talking about. Jay Gruden is our offensive coordinator. I can see a scenario where they get off to a rough start and they that the owner fires Doug Marone and makes Jay Gruden the interim, the former coach of the Washington Redskins. Uh, this guy's got a bad rap. Uh, he's he's got a bad rap from Washington. I know he was thirty five and forty nine as a as, as a coach there. But let me mind you, the year before he went there, he was an offensive coordinator for Cincinnati for three years with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, even to this day, his best year was in 2013 under Jay Gruden's offensive coordinated. Uh, 33 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Had a banner year for Andy Dalton that year. I want to say they went 9-7, and seven, ended up getting in the playoffs somehow that year. And, you know, Jay Gruden working with a guy like Jameis, in a team where the pressure won't be there, uh, the coaching will be there, the offensive mind will be there. That is an ideal opportunity. Now, what should he sign for? Um, my uh, seven to nine million. That that's what seven point two five is. What Teddy Bridgewater, which was the highest paid. Backup quarterback in 2019 behind Drew Brees. Hey, top dollar for this guy. But Jameis Winston, Jay Gruden, listen, hear me out. This is a great scenario. Jameis Winston's agent should listen to Sportscope, okay? You have a situation where I would say my client will go in here with the lowest possible um veteran minimum with incentives to make the best backup one-year deal in the entire National Football League if he starts X amount of snaps. That's for the agent to work out. And Winston could possibly just flat out beat Gardner Minshew in camp, even though camps and all this stuff will be turned around. So this is a rare opportunity. And people say, well, what, what do you mean about Jay Gruden? Let me, let me give you a little history there about the Washington Redskins. Um, the players, and the, the former coaches under, uh, this is a different, different uh, uh, little side note to this whole idea that he's a bad coach. You got to look who's, coached under Daniel Snyder in the last 20 years. Mike Shanahan won a Super Bowl, so he forgot how to coach once he went to Washington under Daniel Snyder? No, I don't think so. Uh, Steve Spurrier won a national championship in college. Was a failure at, at, at Washington. Uh, Joe, Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with the other owner of the Washington Redskins. And he got this team to playoffs once, and he just said, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm going back to racing. Uh, Ron Rivera, it's still to be continued under Daniel Snyder. So Jay Gruden 
And that's probably what the owner has in mind. And that's what, if I'm Jameis Winston's age, I'm going to say, listen, man, you can fly under the radar. Everybody on the planet knows that Jacksonville's rebuilding. Every executive, uh, they're going to be uh, picked to finish last in the AFC South. Uh, they're likely going to get the number one pick if they don't go this route. But if I'm his agent, I, I talked to Jay Gruden, and I talked to the organization and said, listen, we'll, 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 we'll make this a cap-friendly one-year deal, uh, take my guy in and see if he can beat out uh, Gardner Minshew in practice, or if it's an issue where, like I said, which I think that could be a good likely scenario is Jacksonville – Gets off to a bad start. Doug Marone's fired after uh, 0-3 or 4. Jameis comes in. Jay Gruden takes over as the interim with Leonard Fournette, with uh, Marquise Lee, uh, Westbrook, and, of course, DJ Sharp, which is a budding star uh, over the last two years, particularly last year before he got injured. So, I mean, injured was he banged up and whatnot. If you bring him in there with no pressure, but a lot of motivation, I think he can possibly get win over and get another contract and Jay Gruden take over and work with him the rest of the way with Jacksonville and build this team back up. That is, is a more than ideal situation for Jameis Winston. Um, you're not going to break the bank at this point. You're not going to get start job, not unless somebody uh, gets hurt before camp, something like that. Because uh, a lot of the cap's going to be used already, okay? So that is my uh, Jacksonville for Jameis. Uh, somebody needs to start that trend around the Twitter world. Cam Newton, okay. Cam Newton is, like I said the other day, everything, all the indications are he's ready for off-season camps. He can pass a physical. From everything I read, Cam Newton can pass a physical. Now, the teams, they got to bring in their own doctors and all that. Cam Newton is 31 years old, still pretty young, supposedly fully healthy. Uh, can't throw at anybody right now. But I'm looking at, like I said, I'm, I'm, re I'm referring to this. Big lead, put out the top 10 remaining free agents. This was about uh, a couple of days ago. Still pretty relevant list of 10 free agents. Of course, he's got Cam Newton in here. I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks. Um, looking at a scenario similar to what Cam played in for most of his careers under a defensive coach, which was Ron Rivera. Very good running game for the majority of his um, play action type of um play action, do a little run pass option. I'm looking at Drew Locke and this Denver team. By the way, Denver, they they signed Melvin Gordon. That was a reasonable contract, $8 million. Remember, he wanted 15. He didn't get that. He got about half of that. So uh, Vic Vangio, another defensive-minded head coach. They got Phillip Lindsay there. So their idea is we're going to pound that rock we're going to play some serious defense. And I read just about an hour ago that uh, overnight they brought back defensive tackle Shelby Harris. Now they've got Darrell Casey. They've got Bradley Chubb coming back from injury. 
They've got Von Miller, the best pass rushers in the game, also on their defensive front seven. Uh, they've also got one of the better corners, just talked about Jacksonville, A.J. Boye. So you've got your front, middle, and back end defense covered. You have a running game that's going to be out of this world with a um, Philip Lindsay and a Melvin Gordon one-two punch going to keep these guys fresh. You've got Noah Fank, one of the trending upward tight ends towards the end of the season. And, of course, Cortland Sutton, that is kind of their weakness right now. I think they need to add another player. Uh, probably will do that through the draft. Uh, and it's a receiver-heavy draft. Let me just say this right now. That's the kind of team that can make the Super Bowl as a wild card. Uh, when you've got that kind of defense up front, uh, Denver's a tough place to play anyways. That kind of running game. Uh, I can see a scenario where they're losing a couple games early. Uh, you know, a 20-17 to 17 field goal. Drew Locke takes a step back. Remember what my philosophy is, and this is the truth. When you make adjustments, when you come in the NFL, nobody really has NFL film on you as a rookie quarterback. And you kind of take the league by storm, Drew Locke did. Remember they went down to Houston to beat the brakes off of them. Uh, then the NFL adjusts to you. You as an organization, as quarterback, do you adjust back to the NFL? We don't know that yet. There's not enough footage of Drew Locke. If I am Cam Newton's agent, by the way, they've got 20-plus million left in cap room. They've done a good job with the cap, even with the dead money from cutting Joe Flacco. So with those lack of receivers there and that running game, you could use an athletic Cam Newton type of quarterback. If I'm the Broncos and I'm Cam Newton's agent, I say, listen, man, not only is this a spot to win a starting job and get your starting job back in the NFL, this is an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Remember, this is a team that beat you. This was the guy that made the big play uh, that ultimately cost you your Super Bowl championship in 2015. Von Miller scored on that fumble by Cam Newton in the first quarter. This is your opportunity to go out and play here. Now, I can see Drew Locke uh, messing up, bringing in Cam, taking the bull by the horns, and getting this team in the playoffs and possibly the Super Bowl. Uh, that's not a far-fetched idea. They, they, they've, got, they've got draft capital. Remember, they traded Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they're going to be overlooked all year. Everybody's going to be looking at Kansas City in the AFC. They just won the Super Bowl. Uh, there's going to be a big buzz about the AFC East. And so it's not going to be called the AFC Least this year. There's going to be a big buzz about Buffalo, the resurgence of Miami, and the resurgence of the New York Jets in the East. The Tennessee Titans in the AFC South got to the 
AFC Championship game last year. They're bringing back the majority of that team. Cam Newton to Denver would be an ideal fit if Drew Locke even makes the least mistake early on. I'm not sold on Drew Locke. You got a guy like Cam pushing him. He's in his second year. He's a professional. I don't believe in this. Don't believe in a celebrity quarterback. I believe if you're a quarterback in the NFL team, you have to have the kind of confidence I can beat out any competition out there. Uh, I don't think the scenario is the same uh, with, with L.A. The Chargers, Tyrod Taylor is a good managing type of quarterback. I think they'll probably stay there with that situation. Um, but Denver, Denver, you just kind of got that feel. They're going heavy running game, heavy defense. You get a quarterback to make a first down here and there in that rare air. Uh, good for a kicking game there. That would be a really good fit there because I can see the Chargers already grooving a young quarterback, a Justin Herbert, uh, maybe Jordan Love from Utah State. I can't see that such scenario in Denver. I could see Denver drafting uh, help at offensive line, help at receiver in the first round, then maybe bringing in a Cam Newton for one of those uh, $1 million guaranteed incentive-based contracts that can go up to nine if he gets so many snaps as a starter in the season. If I'm a guy like Vic Vangio, I could see a rare opportunity where I can be overlooked and get a lot of momentum, and this team could go like the 2015 Carolina Panthers and possibly make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, I saw them trending upward last year. Remember, they went down to Houston and just stumped the crap out of them. Uh, they caught a lot of teams off guard. A lot of that was because the defense was coming together. They're starting to buy into Vic Vangio's philosophy, and Drew Luck was making a few game-managing throws here and there. So I'm not completely sold on Drew Luck, and quite frankly, I don't think that uh, the Denver Broncos are sold on him either. So look for Denver, possibly, if they're smart and watch Sportscope, to take a play, make a play, pending a physical, which for everything I've read, he's supposed to be ready for uh, camps whenever they start, okay? Cam Newton to the Denver's the best fit. Jameis Winston, Jacksonville, the best fit for you guys to uh, reinvent yourself. Other big free agents that have came up, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Clowney is a guy who wants big money. He wants uh, DeMarcus Lawrence $20 million a year type of money. And there's a reason why he has not got $20 million DeMarcus Lawrence type of money or Von Miller, J.J. Watt, $16 million. He turned down $17 million from Miami. Davion Clowney needs a reality check. You play with a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and you never got double-digit sacks in your whole career since being drafted number one overall by the Houston Texans. Uh, there's a problem there. He should have had 12 to 15 sacks just about every year. He was hurt his rookie year. 
like I said this the other day, he has a reputation for melody in guy, uh, turn it on, turn it off guy. I think that reality is going to set in for a guy like Clowney. Uh, Miami is going to eventually spend their money and go elsewhere, and I think they should. I think a guy like Jadavion Clowney needs a proper coach that can push his buttons and get him to play at his top potential at all times. And I think that coach would be uh, Mike Vrabel of Tennessee, who was a um, linebacker coach turned defensive coordinator under Clowney at Houston. Uh, Tennessee uh, traded Drell Casey. Now, if the price is right, Tennessee would be the ideal fit for a guy like Clowney. Uh, that being said, other uh, fits that would be uh, possibly they can afford the guy and take him in would be uh, J- not Jacksonville, but Indianapolis. Even though they've been frugal with their money, uh, Mr. Ballard, the general manager there, it, it, if the price is right, between 15 and 17 million a year is what Clowney's about worth. He's not worth 20. And quite frankly, he's not going to get 20. That's going to that's going to settle in at a, as a reality. Other good fits. Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia has the money. Jim Schwartz. Uh, don't really care for the guy, but I will say this. They run that zone. Uh, they need a good pass rusher. You put Jadavion Clowney with the Fletcher Cox. Remember, they got Darius Slay in the trade a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that would be a potential Super Bowl pick there if they got Clowney. Uh, they've got the money. They need an edge rusher still. And uh, I think Will Fletcher Cox would motivate him to play well. So if I'm if I'm Jadavion Clowney, my top three, Philadelphia, Tennessee, and, of course, going back to Seattle under Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, they don't have the salary cap to these other teams, but he will make uh, make the salary cap available because uh, we know D- Pete Carroll is a um, defensive-minded head coach. So those are my favorites for a guy like Jadavion Clowney. Other big free agents, like I said, uh, this is from the big league, top 10 remaining free agents in NFL one over Jameis Winston, uh, Jadavion Clowney, Cam Newton, of course. Uh, guys like Jason Peters, offensive tackle, is 38 years old from Philadelphia. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys that probably get picked up after the draft. Uh, players who uh, teams did not get the top uh, tackles out of the draft that may have drafted a little bit late. Pick up him. Uh, he's only missed three games last two seasons, but he's 38 years old. But, you know, like I said, you pay attention in free agent to corners and offensive linemen, uh, some defensive linemen, but I, th- that's where I'd pay my money. Now, he's not going to get a lot of money because of his age. But, uh, yeah, Jay, people like Everson uh, Griffin uh, from Minnesota, this guy, really good player. Uh, now, he's um, coming off of Pro Bowl season as well. Thirty, uh, He's 32 as well. He's going to get picked up somewhere. Those teams I just mentioned, particularly a Philadelphia who's played Minnesota 
quite a few times over the past few years. Look for Philadelphia to possibly uh, sign a guy like Everson Griffin. Now, Logan Ryan, Tampa would be the ideal fit. I said this. Uh, players have reached out to Tampa Bay since signing Tom Brady. Uh, that's the main thing they need is corners and safeties. Uh, Tennessee, quite frankly, needs to bring back Logan Ryan if they can get him at the right price. Very solid 29-year-old corner. Um, not the best lockdown guy, but um, not a real big interception guy. But he, he can uh, – he is a taller corner. Uh, he, he's worth his uh, money, if you ask me. Uh, I wouldn't break the bank for the guy. I wouldn't put him in a category of a Jalen Ramsey. But he's probably that second-tier guy. Uh, he's a veteran. He's smart. He's a communicator. I think that would work out really well for somebody. Uh, other guys like Demarius Randall. there's a reason why Cleveland didn't let him go. He's got him as a top nine. Uh, Big Lee's got him as number nine. He's going to be the guy that's probably not going to have to – he's not going to take the uh, money. Big hitter, good for run support, but he's not the, the best cover guy in the world. That's why he's on the free agent market. Now, Eric Reed, he's a guy that that, that uh, they brought in a new uh, new head coach here. Matt Rule did not want to deal with that attitude. All this uh, still want to talk about the flag and anthem and all that. He's a guy that got needs to be humbled. Now, he's a great football player. He's 28. He's still got plenty left in the tank. He's a guy that I think Tampa will also look at down the stretch uh, if Todd Bowles wants to go that route, now I think a strong personality like a Todd Bowles backed up by a Bruce Arians would be a good fit. He's got plenty of tape on him since they play these guys twice a year, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Look for Eric Reed at the right price to sign with Tampa, possibly. Uh, there's plenty of teams that can use a safety. Uh, this, this league is built on covering Guys out of the backfield getting pressure on the quarterback. Keep that in mind. So, uh, real speedy guys like Isaiah Simmons in, in the in the draft, uh, uh, these sub four or five guys, and these really big safeties. They can help cover running backs and tight ends. They're valuable. So, Eric Reed will get a job. Needs an attitude adjustment. Needs to put his political stuff aside. Worry about working and and, and doing your job, like Bill Belichick would say and you will get a job. And my prediction is somebody like Tampa, quite frankly, if I ran Tampa, I would ask my coaching staff, uh, bring in uh, Logan Ryan and Eric Reed and, and see what we can do to build this Super Bowl team because we've got the players on offense. We've got Tom Brady. We're going to get a good running back in the draft. We've got all our pieces here. Let's go out and win a Super Bowl. We need uh, the worst secondaries in the history uh they were god-awful last year. I played fantasy football. I did daily fantasy last year. I'd, uh, I always scouted against the Tampa Bay Buck. Couldn't run on them, but you could throw on them like nobody's business. So those are the top free agents there. Uh, if you guys like my show, thank you, audience. i got nine people watching me here on Periscope. That's quite a few, ten now. Uh, if you guys like the show, Please uh, retweet it, like it. You can follow me on Periscope here. I come on typically Monday, Wednesday, and Friday around 11 o'clock, but my new schedule since this coronavirus coming in here, uh, I've been dealing with that with the uh, 
uh, my carrier business, uh, I've been getting in a little bit later and I'm doing it on in the morning time like I'm doing it now last few shows. But it's mainly for the playback. I try to get in three shows every week, everybody. It used to be one show. So making improvements there. Uh, like I said, I'm working on uh, my friend, my man, uh, Next Profit. One of my followers said that he is um, recommended I, I take contributions and, and uh, set up a PayPal account, which I'm going to try to do that today at some point once I get all my chores done for Saturday, you know, laundry, grocery shopping, all that good stuff, which I am going to do. So I really appreciate everybody watching, uh, looking for advertisers. Just just Google Sportscope. You can find me. You can also find my uh, podcast here on Spotify, anywhere your podcast is, this Google Sports Scope. Follow me at rbutler723 on Twitter. Uh, Facebook page, the word sports, word S-K-O-P-E. You can follow on all links, everybody. So have a good weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Hopefully we'll find something to talk about. I feel like I'm running out of stuff to talk about, but there's always news somewhere in the wide world of sports, even the games even though the games are not being played at this time. Have a good weekend, everybody. I'll see you Monday here on Sports Scope.